You know, for a long time, I meant to try Pete's coffee, but just never gave it a chance. But ever since I did, I have a hard time settling on anything less. And there's something to say about a coffee company with such rich history and devotion to bring you that perfect brew. Since Alfred Pete opened his first coffee bar in 1966, Pete's has selectively sourced the finest beans in the world, carefully calibrating each roast by hand and crafting each beverage with the utmost care. Pete's aims to produce fresh from the roaster's coffee delivered directly to your door, sourcing the top 1% of coffee beans, roasted by hand to unlock each bean's potential, and delivering it to you fresh to bring you the perfect cup. With over 30 flavor varieties in both gourmet coffees and teas, like Vietnam Lotus Bold, Major Dickinson's Blend, and Arabian Mocha Java, you are sure to find the right flavor to start your day. And they even come in K-Cups for those of you who live life on the go. Check out all the varieties of Pete's has to offer by following the link in the show notes below. And starting August 30th, you can take advantage of their Labor Day sale and get yourself 20% off anything on their site by using promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout. This offer is valid through September 5th. That's promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase this Labor Day. But why not do one better? Use promo code NEWSUB30 at checkout and you get yourself 30% off of a new subscription to Pete's Coffee. That's right. All the delicious coffee you could want delivered right to your door each and every month without you ever having to worry about running low. What more could you ever need? That's promo code NEWSUB30 for 30% off your subscription. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. I'm Leah Diana. Today with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reel to 1958. Lonely, deranged doll maker designs a machine that shrinks people in Attack of the Puppet People. Let's get into this. nice-looking young man, introduced by John Hoyt to pretty June Kenny. And when boy meets girl, well, they do what comes naturally. But the loss of love has made this mild-mannered man into a maniac. A maniac who wants to make you a plaything. And the fear-awesome fact is, he knows how to do it. How would you like to be a living doll? This madman can do with as he pleases. A monster, his own woman, had reason to flee. See, the world that the child in each of us knows. See, 
A baby doll. Take a bubble bath in a coffee can. What are you talking about? Sally. Tell her. He said that tonight... He said tonight he was going to kill us all. It only takes one of us to go for help. the fantastic fear of living in a normal world. But being dwarfed by people many times your size. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. Deaths of hell. So, Shwain the Rock Johnson. Star Please, of, God, don't call me that. Star of <laughs> Fast and the Furious, Schwan and Hobbes. And other such movies that have embarrassed us, such as an entire WWE career. None of this is factual. <laughs> Off the record. How do you enjoy watching these older movies? If you hear any... Those are just our cats. Just uh, let it go. How do you enjoy these older movies that are not classics? I scraped the bottom of the barrel for this one. Yeah, so... I generally like older films. Uh, I like that black and white kind of more Twilight Zone noir type of thing. This one, I can't say was one I thoroughly enjoyed, but... I understood it. I understood it, and I got some stuff out of it, which was not what I was expecting when it started. I I really had hoped for this one because they advertise these like everyone knows the advertisements of the original blob. Bra 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 terrifying. Scary. Worst thing you've ever or worst terror most terrifying movie you've ever seen in decades. I know this movie was really hyped because like it has the same like attack of the puppet people. Uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, like all of those crazy-ass movies. So, it this movie's well-known. It's very hyped. It's not like a balloon losing air. Um, yeah, so what did you... What, what... How are you feeling about this one? I personally don't think I'd ever watch this again. Yeah. It, uh... This one, I don't know, it's got some interesting themes. It's got some... Some pretty surprising visual... Effects and trickery going on that I wasn't quite expecting to see. Hmm. So I don't know. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. It's not a terrible movie by any means, but like I said, I feel like I don't know. This just felt like a really long episode of like those classic TV serials. So I feel like it could have just been cut down a bit and put out as an episode of one of those rather than a feature-length film. Mm. There was a lot of... 
I don't want to say dead air. There was a lot of like filler things that did not need to be there. Like that whole sequence of them getting down off the desk, going to the door, watching the door and trying to use the machine. That whole sequence could have been yes quick. So yeah, there's a lot of scenes like that where things are like dragged out, things are extended, but in a lot of ways that actually makes sense because these people are smaller, it would take them longer to do basic tasks. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I get the reasoning for it. I just feel like it's not it doesn't work as well as it probably does like on paper. Mm. But before we dive in, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor. And I'm just going to do this. Oh. Oh, this is a new one. Right now, I have Very Cherry Green Tea from David's Tea. Now, the last time I did a sponsor ad, I said, I mentioned that I had purchased a set of the best of 2022. And I have had the, I think the Reishi Relax, which was very good. Um, It's a fruit infusion tea. Uh, no caffeine. It was very nice. You, um, the first time we had this, had the organic cinnamon robust chai. How did you like that tea that we had from this box? That one ended up being pretty good. Uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't too spicy, but you could like, you could taste that little bit of cinnamony kick that, to it. That warmth. Yeah. Reminds me anytime I smell strong cinnamon. Um, we have a plug-in in the bathroom that smells. Like the strongest of a cinnamon, but it just reminds me of fireballs that you would get at the Mystic Village in Connecticut. And I mean, these fireballs were cinnamon. And anytime I have anything cinnamon from David C., it's very, very strong. Right now, you have brown sugar bourbon, which is a medium caffeinated black tea. Tell me how, what you think of this. It's got a really good smell. Well, it's bourbon. And it's it's smooth. Smooth. It's a very smooth. Did tea. you put any of uh, any agave in it? A little tiny bit. And we got the agave too from David's Tea. They make their own agave, which is oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. that's that that big old bottle. I bought this bottle in what September. We're not even halfway through it. Not even. Damn. Um, and I will fill it in a little container, an airtight container, and bring it to work with me. And I finally brought that airtight container home, and I drink tea every day at work. And I've been back to work for two weeks now. And honestly, I cannot get through my day without my David's tea. Um, I am having very cherry green tea. It's low caffeine, and it's so nice and peppy, nice and tart. It's good. I would definitely recommend any of these. Um, these are 12 tins of loose leaf teas. They usually have a lot of these on the website. This one, the best of 2022, was only for, I think, November and December. This one, unfortunately, is discontinued. But all the wonderful flavors, um, we'll put them in the description below, you can get from David's Tea. Some of the other um, 12 tea, 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 some of the other 12 tea samplers you can get. Now, these are for $29. Um, some of them are on sale. The classic winners one and the holiday teas are on sale right now for $14.50. And you get 12 
little containers of tea that have about two servings in each of them. Depending on the size of the cup, if you like to drink bigger cups of tea, it'll have one. But we can get away with two of these and I usually re reuse my tea bag more than once, depending on what kind of tea it is. Um, we have holiday teas, sweet and delicate fruit, fresh and fruity, sleep and relax, feel good. Top teas, fall, chai, so sweet, and winter classics. And I recommend if you're going to get into the tea game, start with these samplers. They give you exactly what you need, an array of flavors. And I even got the Organic Cold 911, which is supposed to be one of the best ones for when you're not feeling well. And honestly, I'm, I don't think we've talked too much about it before, but I'm not really a tr tea drinker traditionally. No. I am more of the coffee guy in the house. And even I have to say that this is some of the best tea that I've ever had. Mm. Like all these different kinds you've had me try from David's Tea, they're just delicious. And I, I, I it is sad to say that a, a lot of the stuff I had was from uh, Halloween, so a lot of it was very pumpkin heavy. And I like pumpkin. I don't know how you feel about pumpkin. I don't think you're like the I biggest pumpkin advocate like yeah, I am. Yeah, it's, it's not... I'm not like a... Oh my god, the pumpkin spice must I'm flow! I'm not exactly yeah. a basic bitch. <laughs> oh, oh, I am. November 1st, baby, that's when I get my pumpkin spice. I mean, August 1st, let's reel that back. But this tea is delightful. It usually steeps for about three to five minutes, depending. Um, when you buy the loose leaves, you can buy a pack of 100 bags and it's cheap. It's like 10 bucks. I also purchased one of the perfect spoons. These are about four or five dollars. You can kind of, you can kind of hear it. It's a, it's a nice little tin spoon. This, you measure the tea, you put it in the bag, you steep it. This is perfect. I own a lot of teas. I mean, one of my favorite places that I did love tea from that was only here in Rhode Island, they closed down. One of my favorite tea places that was bought out by Starbucks, they're gone now too. So it's nice to have a great tea company like this. Like, I love this tea company so much, I bought stocks from them. And I'm not a stock person. So I'm, I'm really hoping that, that they continue to do extremely well. They're awesome. I love this tea. Please go to the website, davidstea.com, or use our affiliate link below. Uh, head there. Just search around. Their sales are incredible. I mean, how can you go wrong with 12 tea, 12 tea sampler that you can get 12 to 24 teas out of? You can get amazing flavors, and then you can be obsessed with some teas like I am with my Forever Nuts that I got a 50 gram bag for free because I buy so much tea from this company. There's a tea steepers uh, club that I'm a part of that you can get rewards from, gather points. I can't say enough good things about this company. I really can't. I love their tea. I'm gonna continue to purchase tea until Sean tells me that I need to stop drinking tea. There's so much tea in the As house. long as you never stop me from drinking coffee, I'm never gonna stop you from drinking tea. Never. Cheers. To the podcast. This wasn't a bad film. No, I would definitely not call it a bad film. No. I think it was a pretty decent little story for what it was. It was definitely not what I was expecting it to be. No, when I thought of Attack of a Puppet People, I thought of something completely different. The covers of these old movies are hand-drawn and hand-painted and beautiful, and they end up being like... Not even close to what the story is. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if you've ever seen the the poster or the cover for this movie, 
That never happens in the film. <laughs> no, there's only two girls and f- there's four guys. There's a there's a kitchen knife and a brown dog. Is that a dog? And a matchbox. I don't know if that's a dog or not, actually. I'm not. It looks more like a Wolverine. And it says, dolls, dwarfs, crushing giant beasts. There was none of this in there. No, like, the only time we see, like, oversized animals is, like, very, very briefly at a couple of moments. Yeah. Oh, they have fun facts on the back of this box. But uh, let's get to the info on this movie first before we read this. All right. So, as we've said, we watched Attack of the Puppet People today from... Uh, it's a 1958 American black and white science fiction horror film. This one is produced. Uh, this one is produced and directed by Bert I. Gordon. Uh, the screenplay was done by George Worthing Yates, and the original story was also uh, from Bert I. Gordon. This movie stars John Ager, John Hoyt, and June Kelly. It was originally released June 30th, 1958. I do not have budgetary information on it, though, however. No. I'm just kind of ch- looking at this box. Oh, it's June Kenny. Not Kelly. My apologies. I misread. June Kenny. I just June read that. June Kenny. So, we have a couple of fun facts on the box, on the back, before I read the rest of the box. Actually, I'm going to go from top to bottom. Variety says, ingenious and intriguing. I think Variety was full of shit. But anyways, um, she's a living doll, changes from a flattering expression to a terrifying reality when a certifiably deranged manic maniac creates a shocking device that shrinks people to foot-high figurines. An amazing triumph of special effects, says Hollywood Citizen News. I'll give them that. Special effects were decent. Yeah, especially for the time. This menace, this menacing mini-sized movie is so big on realistic terror, you'll never turn your back on dolls again. Sorry, Ollie, we don't mean to degrade you. Is he the puppet, like miniature thing? Poor dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. Mr. Franz is a kindly old silver-haired doll maker who turns people into living puppets. He forces his human inventions to put on parties and sing to him. But one day, tired of being toyed with, the puppets launch an attack. And suddenly, Mr. Franz finds he'd better stop playing and start praying because these miniatures, these miniature Muppets are hell-bent on revenge. 50% of that is not true. No. Um, Here we go with the fun facts. 20 years after starring in this picture, John Agar found his past coming to haunt him when he co-starred in the film Attack of the B-Movie Monster. Oh, God. Um, here's a fun fact I found out. John Hoyt, who plays Mr. Uh, Franz, uh, was in a film called Flesh Gordon. It is a American uh, sexual comedy. Flesh Gordon. I already have it in my Amazon cart, so we can watch that. Because that just made me very intrigued. Uh, another fun fact. At the drive-in, Bob and Sally 
watch the movie War of the Colossal Beast, a film from the same director. These two films shared the original double bill upon their release in 1958. See, that's actually a good pairing. That is a very good pairing. There's a big dude and there are little people. That's funny. Another fun fact about John Hoyt, the last film role... His last film role was in Desperately Seeking Susan in 1985. He passed away in 91. I do not remember him Desperately Seeking Susan because I love Desperately Seeking Susan. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It is uh, Madonna's first starring role. Oh, okay. Yeah, she plays Susan that this girl is friends with or knows or whatever. And she slowly becomes obsessed with her and kind of becomes her. But I don't think that's the whole plot. Don't take me seriously. It's I've also haven't seen it like since Comedy Central would play it. And Comedy Central hasn't really been one of those kind of channels in decades. Quite a long time. Quite a long time. Oh, let's see. Approximate running town, an hour and 19 minutes. Black and white. That's the thing that gets me. The front of this cover... Is in color. Is in color. And what kills me is... Um, Susan... Uh, is in a pink organza dress on this. Yes. Didn't he not say it was a lovely white organza dress with blue ribbon? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, so, and his shirt, while blue, like a blue silk here, is white in that show. Yeah, 100% so, white. So, like, a lot of the time when these things were reproduced on, like, newer, updated releases or... Uh, and things like that, they they would colorize the cover just mm-hmm. to like make it pop more. Plus, you have to take into account there was a period where they were going back and colorizing old black and white movies. Yeah. So this is probably trying to like grab people on the sh- on the video shelf, like saying, "Oh, look, it's in color." And when you get it, it's actually not. Yeah. And what kills me is they're standing around a pair of scissors. There was never a pair of scissors. There's no scissors. There's no sharp. There's no sharp he objects. He holds a nail at one point. That was it. He holds a pencil. Uh, one of the other dudes holds a pencil. That's true. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, this movie was actually shot under an alternative title. The uh, Three Inches Tall? Nope. Uh, The Fantastic Puppet People. Oh, there is an alternative title for the UK. Which I think that title fits this way better. What was that title? The Fantastic Puppet People instead of Attack of the Puppet People. Because they don't really attack. They don't do anything. Oh, the UK release. The Puppet People are the victims in this movie. If anything, yeah. Not the things that you should be afraid of. Uh, If anything, um, if anything, the UK release was called Six Inches Tall. Okay. I understand that. See, if if this had been an episode of, like, The Outer Limits, that should have been the title. I do like this um, Los Angeles Time review. Rather well done minor key science fiction. That's a, that's that, accurate. That's the most accurate thing I've seen. Uh, let's see. In the 1958 Earth versus the Spider, uh, they mention the attack of the puppet people. Uh, let's see. Donald Breslimi. 1961 short story The Hiding Man features two of the characters viewing this film. Ah, back when copyright infringement didn't exist. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Watergate burglary lookout, Alfred C. Baldwin III, was watching Attack of the Puppet People on TV at the time of the break-in. Distracted by the film, he failed to notice the police car pulling up at the scene in time for his accomplices to make their escape. So this movie... <laughs> this movie contributed to the, the Watergate, Watergate scandal. <laughs> 
God damn it, Burt Gordon. Wow. <laughs> what have you done? God damn. <laughs> Ruined That's... our country with one film. What the fuck? Uh, star of this uh, movie, June Kenny, died in 2021. No shit. Yeah, she only just died. Holy wow. crap. And my God, this woman is gorgeous. Well... R.I.P. June Kenny. Yeah, I mean... God damn. I always... I'm a little morbid, but I always like to see, like, while we talk, to see who is still alive. I don't believe any of these people are still alive, unfortunately. No. Sadly, um... No. The little girl. That little girl is 62. Oh, wait. Nope. I might be dead. No, she died. She died in 2011. Um... Yeah. We so. just watched a bunch of dead people. We should. <laughs> They're standing in a room with a dead guy! What movie? Oh, God. The season? Oh, no. Nope, I'm wrong. Not the season just passed. I can't think of it. Uh, we're going to be rich. We're going to be dead. The Black Spot! <laughs> Billy Bones! Dead Tom? Really dead Tom? Nearly dead Tom? Sean. I am like dead. Sean. <laughs> what the fuck is the name of this film? You you don't even know it. <laughs> Shit not me. You don't even know it. <sighs> Tim Curry plays Long John Silver. Muppet. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island? There it is! Holy shit. <laughs> the only thing they kept the box was there, but I kept putting Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet no. Christmas Carol. Like, no! Oh, man. God fucking damn it. That movie is so fucking quotable. We're but not, anyways, that's in the wheelhouse. We're not I can't. talking about that. No. Uh-oh, we can't talk about that one. We gotta talk about this. All right. So let's get into the breakdown. All right. We meet a woman named Janet who works for Mr. Franz. Um, she is a receptionist. This description is going to go by fast. Very quickly. Yes, that that's something I'd like to know it actually. So this this movie it drops us right in. It sets things up rather quickly, introduces us to the basic plot elements and makes it quite clear what's going on with the professor very early very, on. I mean, within the first ten fucking minutes. Like, you know what's happening and... You and I just kind of looked at each other and went, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're introduced to Janet. She's the secretary. You can tell that uh, Mr. Friends really loves her, really loves her work. Um, all of a sudden, the next day, Mr. Franz is in the front office and it is in disarray. He's answering phones. He's freaking out. Um, and a woman comes by named Susan answering an ad looking for a new receptionist. He literally hires her the moment he sees her right away on the spot. Um, oh, I've never done this kind of job before. You know, maybe I'm not the right girl for you. No, no, no. Try it. Try it. He pressures her into the role and she takes it. Uh, a couple weeks later, uh, we are seeing her she's very accustomed to it very in the rhythm it's fine um she meets a traveling salesman named bob and he picks on her quite quick he picks on her and picks on mr france uh six weeks later they're in a relationship yeah these things this movie that's another thing cut 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 it passes through time rather quickly to the Mm. point where you see her get hired and then, like, within a transition, we're six weeks later. So, like, you're not sure how much time is passing as yeah. the movie goes on. Uh, six weeks later, they're out on a date. They're seeing Attack of the Colossal Monster. Um, and he asks her to marry him. Six weeks. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is a month and two weeks. Was that only six weeks since they started dating? That's what, that's what he said. Six weeks. Damn. Jesus because Christ. the next scene after that is her going in, or no, that morning, I'm sorry, I missed the spot. Before they go on their date, she goes into work, um, and Mr. Franz has a bunch of trash. She says, let me take care of that for you. She takes the trash, she dumps it out into the bin, and she finds a certified letter signed for the former secretary, uh, Miss Hall. Shredded. And she's like, why is this in here? What's What's happening? What's going on? That night, they go out on a date. They get engaged. The next day, Bob goes to see him early to say, we're engaged. She's going to be leaving. You got to get a new secretary, basically. Bob all of a sudden is mysteriously missing. Don't know what happened to him. He, She hasn't heard from him and because they were supposed to leave that morning. And I'd like to pause you for a second because this is like this is an example of one of those moments that this movie... They set up questions and then they like immediately pay them off with a reveal. Yeah. So like before Bob goes missing, there's oh, that's right. a thing with the, you see the mailman at one point. Yep. And then the next time you see the mailman when she's going to work, it's a new younger mailman. And, and the bellhop in the elevator actually questions. He's like, oh, what happened to the old guy? And the the mailman kind of explains, oh, it's, it's strangest thing. He just, two couple days before retirement, he just went out for his route and never came back. And then literally moments later, we see the professor close his door in his office and there's a fucking mailbag hanging yep, from the, the back same, of the door. It's the same tattered mailbag that the old guy was holding. And you're like, hmm... Our 2000, uh, 2023 minds are like, oh, my God. But this is why I keep saying it It feels very much like, like an old TV serial because they would that's how they would do these like little setup and payoff moments yeah. in a TV show because you only have 20 to 30 minutes to get your story across. Did they have commercials like they do now for those shows? I don't think so. I think they just had like a commercial in the beginning and commercials in the end, right? I forget, to be honest with you. Or the they would actually do the commercials on the shows. And I've watched, like, I watched all those as reruns, so it was edited yeah. differently. I would love to know that if those kind of films, like what... You know, and the only person I can freaking ask is my grandfather. The only person I know still alive. The man was born in 1931. He's still kicking. I should uh, I should check with him and ask him where the commercials were in the 50s when he watched. We shows. should get him on this podcast. Can we get him up the fucking stairs? We'll bring the podcast to him. Wouldn't that be a fucking episode? That would be <laughs> a riot. Uh, editor, stop cut at this point. Yeah, but we have to go to my mother's. He lives at my mother's. Well, get into Paige's house. Get into Paige's house. We just corner him at the VA. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, hey, uh, John. <laughs> Editor, you can start cutting again. That would be a hell of an episode to sit down with my grandfather and play an old movie with him and have him put in two senses. Um, for anybody that doesn't know my grandfather, that isn't related listening to podcasts, my grandfather, John, born in 1931 he is going to be celebrating in a couple of weeks his 92nd birthday the only thing wrong with this man is he got into a fight with a golf cart and lost and he's missing two inches off two and a half inches off of one of his legs so he has to have one of those orthotic shoes and he has to walk with a walker obviously i've been through ankle issues 
you never get better <laughs> at this point. Like, I'm still struggling to walk properly. But he's a fucking spitfire. He is a dirty, perverted old man who, when you get him on a subject that he loves, he'll never stop talking. And I love listening to this man tell his stories. I love it. Um, my grandfather is in a scene of Bridges Over or the Bridges of Tokuri. We have several copies of this, this film. Um, my grandfather is in the scene where the boat is pulling away and the sailors are waving. He was on the USS Oriskany while they were filming that. He was serving as a medic, which is really cool, which he met uh, Mickey Rooney, right? It's not, not Mickey Rourke. No, Mickey Rourke is current. Current. Mickey, <laughs> he met Mickey Rooney. He's talked to him before. He did not meet uh, the other two, the the two stars of the movie. He didn't meet them while he was on the ship. But that uh, that was definitely one of the coolest stories, telling him telling about what it was like to have a Hollywood crew on, on board and shit. And I was like, damn, we're going to have to do that movie like for my grandfather that's the movie we should do with my grandfather that would be actually pretty cool because he'd be able to talk about his experience he'd have real time stories (laughs) about the USS Oriskany so stay stay tuned maybe we'll actually yeah we've got everything planned for this year but if uh, my grandfather looks like he's not doing so hot we're taking this on the road hey grandpapa actually we call my grandfather pops I don't know we just call him pops pop 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 I I had one puff today, one puff, and I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> All right, so where did we leave off? So, mailman. Uh, boyfriend mysteriously disappears. Boyfriend mysteriously disappears, and when Susan goes to meet him, he's not there, so she goes to work to let Mr. Franz know what was going on because that was the last place that Bob was going to be. So she shows up, she talks to him, and he's like, Oh, I, ha- I haven't seen him, I haven't talked to him. She's like, oh, okay. So she goes to the police because she's suspects that he did something. She did something to her. She suspects Mr. Franz did something to her boy, her fiance. She goes to the police. Police are like, all right, whatever. I don't really believe you. And then she starts naming the people that are missing. And they're like, they're missing too. All right, we'll look into this. The inspector goes with Sally to um, Dolls Incorporated, which is the name of the company. Inspector goes there. Mr. Franz pulls out multiple dolls of her fiance and even burns one in the tube. And it's like, it's just plastic. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So this is actually something also I want to draw attention to. So throughout the movie, even from the very beginning, you see these, uh, he has this collection of dolls in the, like the regular office. ceramic um, dolls. And then... And th- those dolls, the regular dolls are actually, um, they're all Revlon dolls. Wait, Revlon Makeup Company? I guess. I don't know. Holy crap, yeah. Miss Revlon Dolls in 1956 and continued to 1959. They were the first fashion dolls, many of them who wore... They're beautiful. Very well designed. There's something a little disturbing about seeing the sexy stockings on a doll. Yeah. It, it, ugh. But these are beautiful dolls. They come with like such detailed clothes. Holy shit. See, when I when he said he was a doll maker, I thought he was making like the porcelain dolls. I had porcelain dolls growing up. So no, that's what were, I thought he was uh, making. Plastic. He mentions that it was plastic. Oh. Oh yeah, he does. But we see these dolls throughout the office and we also see these special ones that he keeps in glass case in glass tubes and that are in a glass case. Mm. And these 
dolls. It's very, very clear that they're not dolls. They're just like paper cutouts inside this of tube. The cast. <laughs> and they do, a pr- I have to give them, they do a pretty good job. Like when they take it out, they hold it at specific angles so mm. it doesn't look flat. It doesn't look like paper. It looks perfect. But there's a couple moments where it's like it, they turn just enough and it's like that's a fucking cheetah paper <laughs> yep. inside this tube. You're sitting there going, mm about this once the inspector goes in kind of interrogates mr france the inspector isn't really completely satisfied but he's like i've got my eye on you kind of thing so he leaves so as sally's kind of like what the hell like i thought i had this mr france locks the door and reveals the entire plot to sally or everything he's doing he's like this is my machine i make big people small here's my cat i make small cat I now want to invent this machine to make our cat small so we don't have to buy all this freaking food and their shit doesn't smell of my entire house. <laughs> this cat had to be the size of a quarter. And it was just this tiny little black cat. It was incredible. But did you notice when Sally picked up the real black cat? That cat was fucking huge. Do we have dwarf children? We do. We have very small cats. Oh my god! Like this, whole, this cat was like her entire body. Normally, then- a cat, a regular cat, is a fairly large animal. Like, but our cats, we just have very we tiny have, cats. We have two very tiny. One of them has dwarfism, and she's cute, and she's got a lot of problems, and she's fucking crazy. But the other one, she's pretty normal. She doesn't. Not quite a fan of being held, but we're trying to get her there. Not quite of a fan of people scratching her bum, but, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get there. <laughs> but this little cat was so fucking cute that he keeps it in a matchbox. But that's later. Keeps the cat in a matchbox later. So he reveals the entire plot. I'm like, oh, okay, cat's small now. Um, then, oh no, that was prior. No, he attacks, he not attacks her, but the screen goes black and she wakes up. She's wearing a cocktail napkin. She has no clothes on. She's wearing a cocktail napkin and she's on his desk. That's when he reveals the whole plot to her. Yeah. So makes the cat small, hands it to her. Then he's like, please don't be afraid of me. I just don't want people leaving me. And then it's revealed either while that happens or a little before that his wife found someone younger and better and left him and left him all alone. So that kind of probably messed up with his brain and he is afraid to be alone. Well, that's something that I I actually really like the idea behind this character, the mm. professor, because he's just this guy who he suffered a loss, like somebody he was really close to left him. Mm. And now he is obsessed with the idea of making sure that nobody else that he cares about, nobody else in his life that he's close to can leave him again. Mm. And I don't know, like... It kind of makes him this tragic character. It does. And that's something you almost don't pick up on at first in the, like, as the story is going on, you hear that, like, oh, the secretary got another job offer, so she was leaving. Yeah. And then you hear that the the mailman was retiring, so he was going to be leaving. And you have to assume, like, once you learn this information, you have to assume that he learned this information from these people and realized this person's going to go away. He's not going to yeah. be in my life anymore. They're not going to be in my life anymore. I have to keep them. So I don't know. It, it's just kind it's messed up and it, he is a villain, 
but you can almost understand his motivation. Yeah. Which is something that older movies generally didn't really give you, was that, like, really close attachment to the villain's motivation. And I wouldn't even call this guy a villain. Like, yeah, what he did was fucked up, but, I mean, this to me, and you're going to find this funny, this to me is almost like a true horror. Yeah. Because this is, this, this now would be fucking terrifying. But these are all, like, statements for Final Close. I got a lot. I got a lot to say about this, this little ditty here. So, <laughs> um, so one of the one of the scenes that I found intriguing was when he was describing everything to her, and he was describing how his machine worked. He used a tuning fork and he put it next to a glass, and the glass broke. And I was like, "How does a tuning fork next to a glass breaking explain your machine?" Uh, it's because he was talking about the finding the right frequency at which he could alter a person's size. Like, the science isn't fucking great behind this movie. It's 1950 science fiction. Yes. So, but I get where they were trying to go. Like, the fact that, oh, like, when you uh, when something resonates at a certain frequency, you can alter its molecular makeup. Mm. So, the idea that they were playing with there was that his machine, which is why it made those, like, weird wasn't whirring sounds like it uh essentially would vibrate the human body which they don't show you but the frequency uh of the machine would match the vibration of the human body and then allow it to prospectively change in space so it would either get bigger or smaller the way a projector gets bigger or smaller when you move it it does it the science isn't sound yeah, it makes no fucking sense my but. brain is like he's working with sound waves sound waves aren't gonna do anything and what he's hoping to change is molecular structure of something which sound waves would have nothing to do with molecular structure well no they would like the sound wave like it is a scientific study of like being able to alter matter with sound because sound frequency has a lot to do with it. It just wouldn't work in this implication. Yeah. Like, you could alter... If you hit the exact frequency of the human body, you could cause the human body, like, the cells and the matter within the human body to break down. I mean, break down is different from grow and shrink. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like... like, In this implication, this makes no fucking sense. If you have the sound waves of a jet wave... Of a, of a jet plane hitting you after it passes by, you're going to get injured and knocked on your ass or thrown back really far. So it is going to affect your molecular structure, but in a very violent and quick way. This was like black cat big, black cat small. It was like, and I'm like, well, the science is not there right now. And no. obviously the, um, the, the special effects technology is really not there for that. So no, but the special effects in this movie are surprisingly good. Like they do really well with the compositing of those little people in the bottles look like they are just small small people. It looks yeah. like they were photoshopped. Like the having they have a lot of scenes in this movie where the the shrunken people are in the same frame as the professor. Yeah. And that composite looks really good. It looks very good. The um the set design is really good for like the 
the miniaturized people mm. like being they're mostly kept on a, this one desk set for most of the movie yeah and it's built very weird because there's a pure back on the side and there's a pure place where like there's no holes and Mr. Uh, Franz stands behind that one big piece on the side so he can be perfectly composited in. Like, you can see. Yeah. Now that I've been with you for so long, the magic is broken. It is gone. I can figure shit out. This one was very easy to figure out. I'm like, oh, they made him stand behind a solid piece. He's only in front of it a few times, but he's very far away, so he's not close to he's it. He's not so passing they can, over yeah. it and stuff. The only time he does pass over it, you do notice the scene of the smaller people. They are completely still. They're not moving because they had to stop it to compose that. Right. They can't just keep them moving that closely at the same time. And I was like, this is well done. There are newer movies, Event Horizon, that aren't as well done as this one with its special effects. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm coming for you. I love that movie. It's been a year. I fucking hate that movie. Now. <laughs> um, once he shrinks her, put his, puts her on the table, everything, he wakes up, Bob. And her and Bob are like, what have you done to us? Blah, 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 let us free, blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, 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 don't go anywhere. Let me bring you friends. So he brings out... A couple of other... Uh, four people. One is in a military uniform. One is an older blonde. Uh, another one is a younger dude. And another one is a younger girl. And they're all like, oh, yay, there's a party. Yay, this is awesome. But in front of him, once he goes away, they're like, we're stuck like this. There's how do you, how do There's no way we can get out of this. So just enjoy it while you can and cooperate. If you don't cooperate, you're going to be like Lori, who's the, who's the young girl who refused to sing for him and got put in the tube for a very long time. And I was like, oh, God. And that, to me, means, like, how long has he been shrinking people? Long enough. Like, and I feel like he fucked up with Bob and Susan. Like, he should have been as due diligent to put them asleep and keep them asleep because it's his due diligence and it's his kind of, like, freaking out and messing up that caused, you know, the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. But they have a little party. Everybody's great. This is the scene where... He gets a call from his friend Emil, or he gets called out from his friend Emil, and his friend Emil's visiting, like, oh, I want to talk to you about my day. And he's like, oh, not right now, Emil. He's like, but come on. He's like, fine. So the little people try to use the shrink machine to get big, but they don't have enough time. This is where we have the strangest phone call to 911 saying that they can't hear them, but he can hear the music. Yeah, so during this scene, that they're, they're like, they dial 
the police and they're screaming into the, directly into directly the phone into receiver. The, the phone receiver, yeah. For help and telling them where they are. But apparently all they can hear is the record player in the background. Yeah, but in a scene very couple seconds before, he says, Lori, you have to sing or you're going back in the tube. Fine. And she sings like she's as loud as the record. So you're telling me you can't hear their voices through the phone, but you can hear Lori singing as loud as the record. It, it makes no sense. It doesn't. And, and um, fun fact, little fun fact. Um, when somebody said, oh, do you know the phone number to the police? And you looked at me and said 911. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think 911 was established yet. Um, so this is true. 911 did not get established until 1968. Ten years after this film was made. So you had to know the phone number for your local police in in order to get help. Yeah. And then 911 was this. 911 has only been around since... Hang on, hang on, wait a minute. 78, 88, 98, 2008. 911 has only been established for less than 60 years. Jesus. For us... It's our whole it's, lives. Oh, it's, all, it's our whole lives. It's always We've been always there. known it. For my... My parents, I mean, they were too young. That would have been established in, when they were seven, both of them. For your parents, like, your dad's a little older than my parents, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Because my parents are 61. No. But your mom, she's a lot younger. She wouldn't remember this. Like, it's weird to know that our generation and the generation prior to us, that's all they've ever known. Yeah. But our grandparents' generation had to memorize the local police number. Yeah, it's... It's a different world. <laughs> yeah, like, knowing my phone number from when I was a kid was hard enough. Also, can you remember your childhood phone number? Yes. Yeah, I can remember mine and my grandmother's phone number. I remember those, too. Because my grandmother did not have a cell phone. Like, the woman died in 2014. She had a cell phone, did not use it. <laughs> my grandfather, however, has an iPhone. And it's Bluetooth to his hearing aid. And I'm like, Damn! swanky grandpa he's like yep i can play music when i don't want to listen to anybody i'm like that's the dream it's living large <laughs> living the dream um so then they try once they realize it's no use to get a hold of anybody on the phone our voices are too small yeah yeah okay uh they try to escape and the phone cord goes from a regular curly q phone cord to a rope <laughs> that they throw off the top of the thing and it is the longest fucking rope i've ever seen it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> they try to use the machine. They realize they can't. They all go back to their positions. Mr. Franz is like, okay, you guys have enough fun. He puts him to sleep. We don't don't know how for how long, but he then is asked by his friend Emil to... No, there's stuff I'm missing. The cop comes to visit. Oh, the cop comes to visit, and so does a little girl saying, my doll's broken. Please, can you fix my doll? So the cop's investigating the place and says, I want the key to your back room. I want to see it. All right, fine. As he's snooping around the back room, the little girl discovers the matchbox with the kitty, which this is where the special effects get shitty. <laughs> this poor little cat. L- listen here. First of all, this little girl is so fucking dead in the eyes. Dead in the eyes, reading from a cue card. <laughs> but I want to play with it. Okay. Shut up, child. <laughs> Um, I, I agree. Some actor said this. Some actors like, we should not have any more child actors ever at all. Should only be 18 years or older. So you want some poor 18-year-old girl to have pigtails and a little dress in this scene? 
That's where the pedophiles well, come out. No, guys. that's that's the th- like you you have to have child actors to be able to tell certain stories. Yes. So otherwise, you just have to not never tell a story with a kid in like, it again. Honestly, I'm okay with that because child stories are either stupid or fucking terrifying. I mean, what's the newest child story that's happening right now? Megan. Megan, which I haven't seen yet, and which I've heard nothing but rave reviews. Which is weird to me because, like, and yeah, we're tangenting into Megan for a minute, but uh, we're almost at the end of this film, guys. We just like I've seen the trailer for Megan. It doesn't look that great. It doesn't, but then people are like, "Trust us," and I'm like, "Ugh." All right. I mean, look, we've got. How bad could it be? We've got four movies right now that we need to watch. One is Megan. The other one is Skinamarink. Yes. Which, if the weather is not too bad today, we may try to go out. But it's supposed to snow, and it's the roads are wet, and it's freezing. So we're like, we're, we might not take any chances today. But Skinamarink, Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. That fucking trailer. Look, I, there's a scene with a cheese grater, guys. It's what you think. I immediately looked at Sean and went, you're on your own. Take Andy. And Andy and him are going to go on a date to go see this. I'm not. What is the last film? Uh, well, there's ones that are out on different platforms. So there's like Barbarian. Barbarian. And- that's it. Which Red Letter Media covered on uh, review. And I'm dying to watch their opinion of this. Because yeah. everyone's opinions are like one end to the other there is no middle ground with barbarian either it is fucked up or it is the best thing you've ever seen which i'm like i like these opinions that are like either fucking 10 miles that way or 10 miles that way because you see who the true people who the true fucking weirdos are right i want to be with those fucking weirdos that think it's great i don't want to be with the weirdos that said it's stupid those people have no lives no personalities and should go pound sand which, if you're one of those people, I apologize. Please keep listening to us. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, using children in any kind of acting scenario. Like, this little girl did good. I mean, she had a couple of scenes. It was great. It was fine. Um, I believe, if I am correct, I believe that is Susan Gordon. Uh, Susan, I think... Yeah, this was her debut acting debut role, Debut right? acting. Uh, another girl was supposed to play that part and could not, so... The director's daughter stepped in. And that was her, that is her first acting role. She did very well. I don't know how old she is. It's got to be between four and seven. Like, can't really tell between those ages because they're kind of like becoming a... Like, you're going from a child to like a small person. Yeah. Because once you hit eight or nine, you're a small person at that point. You, you're still a child, but you're not a, you're not a kid in my opinion. Like, there's certain stages. There's, like, baby, toddler, kid, small person. Because then it has its own personality. It gets its own quirks. And you want to fucking punt it to the next stage. Notice how she calls it it. (laughs) Can you tell this is a house of no children? (laughs) We What are we called? Dwits? No. Double income, no kid. Dink. It's called dink now. We are dinks. Double income, no kids. I'll never be able to keep up with the fucking lingo of today. Like, I'm becoming an old man filled with regrets. You're just mid, my dude. You're just mid. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Hanging out with a (laughs) 17-year-old and looking at her going, Hey, can you teach me some Gen Z phrases? And she did teach us a couple. There are a couple that uh, are phrases that are still around. Um, She thought Wicked was stupid. We're from Rhode Island. 
everything's wicked smart or wicked dumb. Well, it's kind of Boston, kind of Rhode Island. Like it's a Massachusetts Rhode Island thing. Mid, that's cap. Apparently cap is bad. I don't know. I told her one of my favorite phrases was to be like, oh, dude, that's like gnarly. And she's like, excuse you? Cap is fucking stupid. Cap is stupid. Gnarly is in. And you know how you answer the phone, kids? Thrill Thrill me. me. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to bring the train back on the tracks. So now Franz Franz is realizing that he's in trouble. He's, we got to go. Cop leaves, kid leaves. He starts to pack everybody up and Emilio shows up. Um, and Emilio's like, oh, my Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde puppet, literal puppet is not working. Can you fix it? Can you have it ready for tomorrow? No problem. So he takes several, six of the little people, leaves four behind. For some case, reason. For some reason. Two they of couldn't them get being actors for those Eddie, guys. the mailman, and Miss, Miss Hall that he just put in there. Just leaves yeah. in there. Um, takes these six care these six people, uh, wakes them up, tells them get dressed. We're gonna go out on a, uh, on the town. It's gonna be great. But Susan hears that she's gonna he's gonna kill all of them tonight and himself because he just can't take it anymore. Because the cops are closing in and he just yeah. can't. And I'm like, oh, so he is a fucking crazy person. Nice. Okay, this is weird. Um, so they all get dressed. They're all trying to figure it out. Uh, they get in the case very compliant. Not in their tubes. They're just in a suit, in a in a briefcase, and they lie down. And then he kind of like picks it up, and it's not. He's not gentle with it. Just I'm like, Those it like people a have broken all of their bones at this point. <laughs> These little people are dead. Like somebody's shoe is in somebody's eye. Somebody's fucking blacked out. Like what? Why? Put them back in their tubes. Why is there no cushioning? Did nobody care about safety back then? It's a movie. Oh, you God. don't think about oh, it. No, it stresses me out. Um, he takes them all, all dressed up on the town, goes to the theater because Emilio said um, the theater will be opened all night. Just, you know, tell the doorman to let you in because so you can bring it in, test it out, and just leave it there. Okay, no problem. So he brings the briefcase with the little people. And he decides, Susan, you're going to act with the puppet. All right. Susan's acting with the puppet. While she's acting, Bob puts a sedative in his coffee, the same sedative he gives them so they sleep in their tubes. Um, Did nothing. The man was still awake. Well, he said, they said that uh, they were going to give it to him. It probably wouldn't put him to sleep, but it might slow him down a little, which I guess it did. Did it? I guess. I I can't even tell. Uh, they put it in his coffee. There's like, she does the scene with the puppet and the puppet freaks out. And then Bob comes in and goes, you're a crazy person. You're a manic. This guy's a monster, but you're a monster. And I'm like, okay, Bob, calm down. And then she screams and then they run. And then the other people, little people run. The other little people run, the four of them. I don't know where they go. I yeah, we never just, see them again. We never see them again. You can hear them go, help, help to the doorman. who's like, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, have, did you see them leave? I'm like, did I see who leave? You can slowly see this doorman being like, I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> like he goes from a kind doorman to a, I got to get the fuck out of this job <laughs> very quickly. So Bob and Susan run six miles from the theater. Cause it's, it's a mile away or three blocks, but in their equivalent, because they're three inches tall, it's six miles away. So they run the whole way. 
they're at the theater around midnight. They get to... Um, Mind you, it's broad fucking daylight. Broad fucking daylight at this point. They're at the theater at midnight. It takes them running so long to the thing. It's almost like 8 o'clock, I think she said. Like 7, 8 o'clock. They have to take get a pa- get in a package, take the freight elevator, go up to the building. Once they get into Dolls Incorporated, Mr. Franz shows back up and realizes, Oh, God, the box is open. <coughs> But then the little girl shows up, tries to open the door, and she's talking to the cop. Who's she's like, yeah, he's he showed me what how he makes little people, and he he showed me his little cat. It's a little cat. And the cop, I'm like, does he believe her or not? Like at the end, he's like, okay, let's go, sweetie. But I'm like, they left it very open ended because I'm like, did the cop believe them? Well, you assume it's all gonna come to a head because like the next thing we see is he goes into his back room and realizes the machine is on. The machine is on and then Susan comes out fully dressed and then Bob Bob, you had a chance to be the man. Does not punch Mr. France. I would have punched my exact note is I would have punched that man in the face. that makes him the better man because he didn't hit an old man. The old man was going to kill all of them that night. Yes but he didn't have to hit him. The dude in Saw was an old man. And I know he got his ass whooped. That's true. Yeah, but that, that was in the 2000s. That's not 1958. I don't know. I'm not above <laughs> whooping an old man's ass in the 50s. I also believe that uh, I wear a pedicle and a crystal on my neck daily. I have tattoos and I have a sailor's mouth. I also talk like, you know, that's mid, yo. I don't think I'd make it in the 50s. I think I'd get my ass like put in an asylum being like, she's a crazy person. <laughs> oh, witch! Oh, witch! Were they yelling witch in the 50s? No. And maybe the 1650s. Oh! That was so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get to the ending where the two, Bob and Susan, just leave, leaving Mr. Franz there being like... And it's a very sad scene. It's going over his whole workshop, and he goes, Don't leave me. I'll be all alone. And you're like... that. I think that was a perfect moment to end on, because that just hammers in that overall theme of like... Being alone and being afraid to be alone. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, he had four other dolls. He could just, you know, run and start over. Well, you assume that they would have left, went to the cops. He would have been arrested. They would have found the other people and got them back to normal. Because the cop would not have been that far behind. Right. It literally, between the cop leaving the building and him finding the two of them, less than 10 minutes. He wouldn't have even gotten downstairs yet. He wouldn't have even gotten downstairs. They would have been able to get down there and been like, hey, hi, how are you? We were shrunk. The other four are at the the theater. There's four more up there. Do me a favor. Yeah. But it did end. I was like, endings of old movies sometimes can be impactful and sometimes can be very dull because when a movie back then ends your credits are in the beginning there's no credits there's no nothing at the end it's just stop done we're done it is cold endings like you like (laughs) with no information yeah nothing's figured out that might be a factor of why i like those endings so much i grew up with fucking the twilight zone i watched those old episodes all the time you know I have not seen any. Picture this, if you will. That's all I know. All I know is his opener. And I'm being broken up with. What the? Three, two, fuck! No, 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 no. How are you supposed to say it? We said it. We were doing it in the car this morning. Shit! <laughs> Shit! Shit! That one's for you, Artie. <laughs> I like that better than fuck. <laughs> 
But that is the end of this movie. So I think we should get right into it, the closings, because I think we've got a lot to say about this one. All right. Any favorites? Um, my favorite is the first line that I heard Mr. Friends say about his dolls. But they're my friends. That's and creepy. at that point, you were like, oh, the dollies are his friends. Okay, and you're talking about the Revlon dolls. No, he's literally talking about his friends in the glass case. Okay. Um, my other favorite scene um, had to be when Susan figures out that something's wrong. Is when she puts the trash out because she seems so happy and full of life and she enjoys her job. And then she finds that letter and she's like... Uh-oh. That's like the turn of the story. Yeah, and it you can see how devastated she is because this guy took her in. This guy's been like, yes, have a job. You know, this is the reason why she has her boyfriend, fiance now. Like, she's very happy. But you can you can literally, this actress is so good, you can see the heartbreak in her face. And I'm like, oh, that's great. How about you? Um, I think my favorite scene was probably uh, Mrs. Reynolds and the... Dr. Jekyll marionette. Yeah. Like that scene. I just thought it was really cool that they built a life-size marionette for this sequence. Because you were trying, you were looking real close yeah. at that, trying to figure it out. I was trying to see if it was just her composited into that set or if like they did some kind of double composite thing where they did like the, put the marionette in there, made it look full size. But no, this thing was a full-size full marionette. Because when Bob grabs him and he goes starts in there going and rips it him, apart, he rips him apart. Like literally, if there was a person, man. Oof. Or that was the other thing. I was also trying to see if it was like a person made to yeah, look like a marionette, suit, but it was not. It was an actual. No, it was an actual marionette. That it was really well done. It was really cool. It was really well done. Do you think that you would make this today? Honestly, I think so. This might. Excuse me. No bite. Um, this would be a really cool film to redo now. Let me just bring this a little closer. So I know. It it definitely would be an interesting story to tell because it would kind of be like a... I do it in the style of the 80s. Kind of like House of Wax meets Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, my my issue is that the this whole type of like shrinking people down kind of thing... Mm. It's a very dated idea. Like, it's something that really only works in a cheesy format now. Mm. So, like, you'd almost have to be as in your face with the cheesiness as possible. Yeah. To make it work. Like, back then, you could do, like, weirder, obscure ideas like this, and it wouldn't feel as strange. Yeah. I guess the best example I could put... To it was like look at the original The Fly, and then look at David Cronenberg's The Fly. I've never seen the original Fly. Well, if you, for those of you listening that have mm. seen both of those, they are drastically different films. David Cronenberg is crazy. Like Cronenberg had to completely alter what The Fly is and strip it down to its base concept mm. in order to make it work. In the 80s. And it's one of the most beloved 80s horror films. Yes. So, like, doing that now with something, an idea like this, you'd essentially have to strip it down to its base idea and then alter it to a point where it wouldn't even be the same idea anymore. Well, that's why I said House of Wax. And I say the new House of Wax meets Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
because House of Wax is a remake. The newer one is a remake of an older movie. Yeah. But the concept of preserving these people in this town is still there. That is the bare minimum of that whole story. Yes. Preservation. But you're also dealing with an idea of shrinking people, which... Is, Only Rick Moranis can do. Has never looked good. <laughs> Honey, I Shrek the Kids is great. It is amazing. It is wonderful. Yeah, but those effects don't hold up. I don't care. Neither do but the effects in Beetlejuice, but I love it. That's the cheesiness I'm talking about. Like, you have to, on some level, embrace that idea, what, what that did, cheesiness. What did we call it in the car? Full fat, whole milk... Velveeta cheesiness, just fucking. You're mixing that. Just, it's just. It's cheese. You gotta, you gotta embrace that Velveeta. It is that pizza from a goofy movie cheese, just uh, dripping. God. But you know what? In this house, even if you are slightly cheesy, or fucking disgustingly Velveeta gross cheesy, we will watch. You are welcome. Come. You are home. And while I say that, we have scored so many good hauls in the last two weeks of tapes. I think we're closing in on almost 950 tapes in this house. We're getting there. When we hit a thousand, I'm expecting the whole front of this house just go right down to their living room downstairs. I'm going to just bring in balloons. (laughs) We have to have helium in this part of the house just to keep it up. How come you guys are squeaky when you're over there? Well, if not, all the tapes will fall on you. Hee <laughs> hee! Alright, is this mainstream exploitation or other? I'm gonna say this is other. I really want to say this is other. This is an exploitation, but this is not mainstream. This was not mainstream back then. This was part of that B-movie kind of culture that the 50s, 60s, and 70s... Re- it really started in the 50s with these B-movies. I want to say this is other... And if I have to put it in some type of genre, I think I would put it the same way you did. Like, no, because you had this in the creature feature folder. Hang on. It's not. Honestly, sci-fi thriller. Yeah. Other sci-fi thriller. This really isn't a, it's not a horror movie now, but it's also not like a true sci-fi adventure. No, I would, I would probably call it a sci-fi thriller mm. and I would agree it's it, this is definitely not mainstream it's definitely not exploitation but it would play in grindhouse theaters that's that's why I picked this because this would have been in a grindhouse theater a lot of these old like 50s 60s B movies mm. would play in those theaters because they were easily accessible. Yeah, and that's why I picked I picked a lot of older films this year. And that's why I picked these because I picked them for this would totally play in a little grindhouse theater like two, three o'clock in the afternoon before the bigger ones they want to put on later with a crowd. This is a filler film. It's not bad, but it, this is a filler film in a grindhouse theater. Agreed. Is there anything else you would like to say about Attack of the Puppet People? So, while I enjoy this film, I'm very proud to own this because I am of the extreme task, whether it's tape, DVD, or Blu-ray, I want all old movies. I love old movies. Right now, I'm starting with collecting everything that Vivian Lee has ever done. Vivian Lee, if people don't know, she was in uh, Streetcar Named Desires. That was one of her last films. But her one of her first films that she ever did was Gone with the Wind playing Katie Scarlett O'Hara. Love that film. While very controversial as it is now in our day and age, it's one of my favorites. Um, 
I really want to aim for a lot of older movies because a lot of these movies like Casablanca and, and, and you know, these famous films, It's a Wonderful Life because Christmas just passed and that's the only other fucking old movie I can think of. Um, they're wonderful. They're endearing. But there's also B-movie shit like this that you could just make a B-movie theater and play all of this 50s, 60s, 70s, old, weird, crappy movies and they're not crappy by any means i say crappy because like this one a lot of the scenes are very drawn out this didn't need to be an hour and 20 minutes long oh god this could have gotten away with 45 minutes to be an hour-long television special with commercials that's what it would could have been you could have trimmed the fat as i say you've said this on some of the stuff that you've created you got to trim the fat there's a lot of fat in this that could have been trimmed I also think the actors and actresses, while they did a great job, it's also hard to film. It's hard to film movies like this when they don't have the older guy to play off of. They have to play off of something else. But he's got nothing to play off with them. He literally is like Ian McKellen in The Hobbit. You have a green screen. You have nothing. You have to play off this. I think John Holt, John Hoyt, was amazing in this with how he had to act. He basically didn't have characters to bounce off of half the time. So I'm, I think it's a wonderful film, but... Eh. Uh, I, I agree with you. Like, I think he did a, an incredible job given his situation. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely... But this one's going to go back in the vault, in the archive. We don't have to watch this one again. I'm just proud of owning it. No, this is not, like... It happens a lot with some of these older ones, like these B-movie type of things. Like, yeah. Not one I'm gonna watch every day. Like, I can't see myself just like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna randomly watch Attack of the Puppet People." Like, it's fun. Mm. It's an interesting movie. It's got more depth than I was expecting. Yeah. But it's not an everyday movie for sure. You know where I think this movie would play? Do you remember uh, Turner Classic Movies? They would do the Halloween runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would be one of those like. Kind of like, uh, who the fuck does 31 Days of Halloween? It's, uh, uh, God, it's the Disney company. Not. It's not Disney. It's, uh, ABC. ABC. Yeah. That's it. They do the 31 Days of Halloween. This would be on that Turner Classic movie Halloween where they just play fucking horror sci-fi movies. This yeah. Would, this is one of those, I believe. I want to say I've seen this advertised on, like, TMC years ago. Probably. I don't think Turner Classic Movies is what we remember as kids anymore. I think Turner no. Classic Movies is an app, which I definitely want to get. Um, but they play... They used to play anything from the 1920s up to, I think it was the 19, uh, 1969. I think it had to have a criteria and kind a, of like this show. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think you'd be go crazy if that was the criteria for this show. You love black and white films, but dude, there are some of them. Also, can I talk about something that I discovered on the TikTok? It is relevant. Oh, God. So, as I crawl the, call the doom scrolling apps, uh, so Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I deleted TikTok off my phone. But obviously, anything that's on Instagram or, TikTok, or Facebook fucking tiktok videos i discovered someone on instagram videos who is trying to find all the bloopers from films from the 1930s to the 1950s 
and I watched about six of them the other day. I have not laughed so hard. When you think of serious films from the 1940s and the 1950s, you don't think of these people having a sense of humor. Jimmy Stewart going, ah, oh, fuck this shit, is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's a wonderful life, Jimmy Stewart. So uh, I mean, I, they were people too. They were, honestly, I keep forgetting, like, this woman comes out and does this dramatic thing, and then she stumbles, she goes, I'm like, oh my God, this is a woman from the 40s. You don't think of somebody 40 years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, 80 years ago. That's 80 years ago. Just be like us. One of them goes, oh, damn it, I forgot my line. Fuck this, give me a cigarette. And I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, these people were supposed to be prim and proper. But you forget that it doesn't matter if it was 80, 180 to 280 years ago. These people were people like we are. Yeah, they find the technology and the way we live strange, but we're all the same people. And it's really humorous to hear them say, fuck, or shit, or god damn it, I messed up. And it's like, so we're not that different. There's no difference. Like, we're all just, what did I say the other day? I feel like, I feel like a a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old kid trapped in a a 37-year-old body. Yeah. Like, your mind stays at a certain age. Your body just keeps going, and you're like, no, wait, stop. (laughs) Come back. But, yeah, like, I had had to mention that. Seeing bloopers from films from the, like, 30s, 40s, and 50s, hilarious. People find them. Like, bloopers are the best things about horror or serious films ever. Bloopers are amazing. All right, I am done. All right, so uh, I guess that's going to bring this episode to an end. Kerchink. But don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions. (laughs) What do you mean you won? You did not. There are no secrets between father and son, except one. You have a talent that would shock the hell out of people. But it's a talent that also can be put to good use. For lovers of the shocking, the suspenseful, and the terrifying, comes a new classic, The Fury. Read my mind. Look, I don't know anything about reading minds, all right? The Fury, an experience in terror and suspense. They took my son away from me. They needed him, so they just took him. What the hell have you done to that boy? Oh, he's being treated like a prince. He is, he's royalty, unique. Chinese don't have one, Soviets don't have one. In all the world, there's no one quite like Robin Sanza, unless it's this girl. Who's Robin Sanza? He's a boy your age with powers like yours. Powers that build. And build. Until they become the Fury. I want Gillian Belliver at the PSI facility tomorrow. It's a frightening power these people have. They can make anybody disappear anytime. She's a fake. I'm sending her home. I don't have time to waste on people. Don't do that to me, Doctor. Don't ever try lying to me. Gillian? Robin now, Gillian. What's the matter, Robin? You know what's the matter. Stop, Gillian! That girl's taking my place after you poisoned me! Oh. Ah. Ah.
the fury is the power that holds the key to all power. Peter, I was lying before. Robin's not okay. He needs us now. For lovers of the shocking. Robin? The suspenseful. Please answer me. And the terrifying. Robin! Comes a new classic. 20th Century Fox presents a Frank Yablon's presentation. Don't you recognize your old man? The Fury. <laughs> the Fury, a Brian De Palma film. An experience in terror and suspense. Move over, Carrie, because our next episode's coming in with a Fury. I believe that there are some very famous telekinetic films. Firestarter with Drew Barrymore. Pyrokinesis, but it's, it's in the wheel. It's, it's, in the, it's in the bubble. Carrie. Uh, what other telekinesis ones? Scanners. And well, it's two sequels. I Scanners has one of the greatest head explosions. I have never seen Arguably the, whole the best the head best. explosion. We watched that 101 fucking thing on Shudder. And every one of them, when they did that, every director, every actor was like, best fucking scene. Nobody has topped it yet. Nobody. Movies from fucking, what, 81? Nobody's topped it. We have the best graphics and everything you can think of now, still the best fucking head explosion. And I agree, and I've never even seen the fucking film. Um, I'm trying to think of other movies with telekinesis. I can't right now. There's a lot of small ones. There are ones. a lot. There's like uh, the there's one called the spell, I believe. It was like a made-for-TV movie. There's there's so many, and most of them are really small movies that you never fucking think about. Because Carrie, the most famous one, it's our it's up there. I don't know if it's definitely the most mm. famous, but now I think I'm gonna have to look up. Famous telekinetic movies. I can't fucking talk. Famous telekinetic movies for the next episode. This is some good ones. Well, I am looking forward to this movie, but can you answer me? Why Why is the first thing Google says is fa- fa- famous televangelist? I gotta go, Google. I can't with you right now. Um, just as long as it's not an action movie. It's got action in it. Oh shit! It's um this so this one it's not necessarily a horror. This this is what I would call like a supernatural sci-fi thriller. There's too many genres, like, too many boxes. N- no, there's far worse than that. But this one, yeah, it, it kind of plays out a little bit more like uh almost a little bit like an espionage film and. Some ways, like so, it's James Bond, but I can move things with no, my no, mind. No, not James Bond, but like, uh, so it's Zoolander, but I can no, do things with my no. mind. <laughs> no, 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 uh, in the sense that, like, you have like conspiracy and stuff like that, okay, like it, it plays out a little more like that, so it's like a little, a little bit action y, but not, it's not like fucking guns blazing craziness all the time well i'm ready to get into this bullshit are you i'm always ready for the fury all right send this get to the next all right if you want to keep up on everything that we're doing follow us on facebook and instagram at grindhouse podcast we're on twitter at grindhouse cast you can find us over on discord where you can chat with leah about this film or any of the films that we previously covered you can suggest us some movies we'd love to 
get your input and see what you guys want us to talk about. All the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Listen to us first thing every Monday morning and give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can find us over on Patreon or you can support us directly through Acast where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun exclusive bonus content that we are slowly, painstakingly getting made and uploaded there for just for you guys who are willing to help yes. out the show it takes a lot longer than you think it would but it's coming because i'm a procrastinator there's a couple of episodes out there already but we're trying to get more done for you yeah until next week i'm sean i'm leah thanks for listening and keep watching pew, 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 pew. i didn't want to open that On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.